Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. Praise be to the Most High God, who has given us another day in which to consider His Word and to learn to walk in His ways. The title of our reading today is The Covenant of Grace is Everlasting. Isaiah 55.3 Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. The salvation of the human race has ever been the object of the councils of heaven. The covenant of mercy was made before the foundation of the world. It has existed from all eternity and is called the everlasting covenant. So surely, as there never was a time when God was not, so surely there never was a moment when it was not the delight of the eternal mind to manifest his grace to humanity. From the opening of the great controversy, it has been Satan's purpose to misrepresent God's character and to excite rebellion against his law. Amid the working of evil, God's purposes moved steadily forward to their accomplishment. To all created intelligences, he is making manifest his justice and benevolence. Through Satan's temptations, the whole human race have become transgressors of God's law. But by the sacrifice of his Son, a way is opened whereby they may return to God. Through the grace of Christ, they may be enabled to render obedience to the Father's law. Thus, in every age, from the midst of apostasy and rebellion, God gathers out a people that are true to him, a people in whose heart is his law. God's work is the same in all time. Although there are different degrees of development and different manifestations of his power to meet the wants of men in the different ages, beginning with the first gospel promise and coming down through the patriarchal and Jewish ages, even to the present time, there has been a gradual unfolding of the purposes of God in the plan of redemption, he who proclaimed the law from Sinai and delivered to Moses the precepts of the ritual law is the same that spoke the Sermon on the Mount. The teacher is the same in both dispensations. God's claims are the same. The principles of his government are the same. In the closing work of God in the earth, the standard of his law will be again exalted. God will not break his covenant, nor alter the thing that has gone out of his lips. His word will stand fast forever, as unalterable as his throne. Wow. What does our verse mean when it says to hear? It said here, incline your ear, and come unto me here, and your soul shall live. What does it mean to hear? I uh, looked it up, in the Strong's Concordance, 
to the Hebrew uh, dictionary, it's number 8085, and it defines it as to hear intelligently with attention and obedience is implied attentively, carefully, and to be content. And I forgot to look it up in the 1828, so I'm going to do that. Bear with me one moment. Okay. So there's a lot, and I'm just going to pick out a few. To perceive, give audience, to attend, listen, and obey. Uh, to acknowledge, to be a hearer of, to approve and embrace, to listen, to hearken, to attend. Okay. They're basically the same. Um, the word here is used in the Old Testament. 516 times in the King James Version, in 49 books. That's not counting the words heard, hearing, or listen. Seems God really wants to get through to our understanding and our willing cooperation. What must be important in achieving victory and character growth in our lives. Would you agree? For us to hear intelligently and attentively really hard to comprehend God's existence. He has always and forever existed. Before he created time, it was called eternity past because there was no time to put to it. And it we wouldn't have a number that big. But God's universe is clean. Uh, one day there will be no more disharmony and perhaps it will be referred to as eternity future. For there will be no end. Although, Isaiah 66 tells us that we will meet every new moon and every Sabbath, so time must still be used as a, a means to calculate events. But, we read that there's never been a time when God did not delight to manifest His grace to humanity, even before we were created. So, it's just to say that positively, God is always delighted to manifest grace. So I infer that before any life existed outside of himself, because that's who he is. This is why it's like so mysterious that evil could show up in such an atmosphere of love and beneficence. The mystery of iniquity <laughs> revealed itself in Lucifer before anyone even knew what iniquity was. And because Lucifer had known God intimately for eons, there was no more that God could reveal to him that would bring repentance and change to him. So that's why it is said that there is no cure for true rebellion. And Lucifer immediately set about to misrepresent God's character and excite rebellion in the angels in heaven. The covenant of grace is everlasting. It's also known as the everlasting gospel in Revelation 14.6. This gospel reveals God's grace and his covenant. So this covenant of grace and everlasting gospel, it's possible because of God's only begotten son. He, uh, from the foundation of the world, the agreement that he would give his life 
also known as the covenant, existed before sin to make a way to restore God's universe. Yeah, the agreement or the covenant that, the, that he would give his life existed before God created our world. And even before he made any life, because they knew that if sin showed up, there had to wait, be a way to restore or else he could not bring life into existence. And with the institution of this covenant, well, it was necessary to have a way to determine who was eligible to be restored, who would accept God's terms and submit to his principles if anyone fell. So this is known as the judgment mentioned in Revelation 14.7. So verse 6 tells us there is an everlasting gospel. And verse 7 says a time of reckoning would, would be a part of it and it would come not for God's sake because, of course, he would know who would and would not accept it. But this um, reckoning would happen because of satanic charges. Satan charged, made charges against God's government and it would have to be completely transparent to all his creation to satisfy the ones being judged that God has justice and mercy. So there's going to be records kept so that anyone at any time can look at them and be satisfied, especially the ones being judged, that they would know that everything was fair. If God was just going to uh, destroy the ones who had failed to accept his justice, without their satisfaction, he might as well have done that without a plan of, of redemption. The reason that he went through all of this was to be transparent so that everyone could trust him and there would never be any question. And uh, just he wouldn't do it now, suddenly change and, and just destroy everybody without everyone's satisfaction that he had been just and merciful. I don't know if I said that right, but... Well, blessed be the name of the Lord. We read that God's work is the same in all time. A gradual unfolding of God's purposes and plans to redeem the fallen world. He that proclaimed the law from Sinai, he's the same who gave the Sermon on the Mount. Because the law is an expression of love, and so is the Sermon on the Mount. It shows it in action. God will not break his covenant. Hallelujah. His law defining love will be exalted. His word will stand fast forever. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you, Lord, that you are willing to make this covenant, to give your life, to make this sacrifice, to be the one, only, unique, begotten Son of God who is also part of humanity for eternity what a price that you have paid and are paying for us, still suffering with sin until it is over. I pray for those who are here with me this morning. Help us, Lord, to not only understand and to hear with attentiveness and embrace your ways and principles with our own lives, that you will give us the way to victory and character change. Thank you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. And thank you, my friend. I'll be with you today, and I'll see you in the morning.